0: Most of us know what to do. The problem is that we often don't follow the proper order while doing it. It's fine to pursue career aspirations and to cherish those we love, but Exodus 20 is really clear. We must not have any other gods or interests before Him. Likewise, my wife and family don't mind me helping others as long as they come first. My employer has no problem with my extracurricular activities as long as they don't interfere with my job or else I'm soon going to be looking for a new one. Yes, God wants us to go after things and enhance our lives, but we must must remember to rank him and his kingdom as our first priority. As a house needs both a, a roof and a foundation, if we try to attach a roof before we lay the foundation, we're going to find ourselves in a world of trouble. Anything, even good things, out of their proper order will end up backfiring. So go out and conquer that next mountain, but just be sure to keep God first. For more, go to and As always, live big. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow in. Give a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Give a life bigger
1: than yourself. Welcome to Live Big with Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teachings at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Let's get into today's message.
0: Heavenly Father, open eyes tonight. Uh, we need you. We, we need you as much as we ever have needed you. So meet us in this moment. We give you the honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So open your Bibles to Psalms chapter 103 and verse 1. David says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now, notice that word soul there. We don't have any problems in the spirit. My Bible says that he's already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly Places. That's what the Bible says. And the spirit realm is not our place of challenge. Our, our place of challenge is in our soul. That space right between our two ears. He said, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Now, sometimes our emotions will want to take us sideways and you'll never get so saved that you won't have emotions that are screaming opposite to, to the way you should behave and the way you should think, etc. But David had to speak to himself. And you got to learn sometimes to, to take authority over yourself and say to yourself, you know, I, I need to remind yourself who you serve and who you belong to. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his Benefits now. Here's the problem. It stated real early in this psalm. This was David's problem. He started to forget. He was about to to forget the one that knew him when no one else. Knew his name. He was about to to, to forget the one who, who who was with him when when everyone else forsook him. He, he was about to forget the one that 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 loved him when he didn't have two nickels to, uh, in his pocket. He he was forgetting the one who who helped him when he was sick. He was forgetting the one that had released his anointing in his life again when 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 folks uh, uh, discarded him. People didn't think highly enough of him. Even you, you know what his father Jesse wouldn't even invite him when Samuel came to the house. But it was God that was with him. It was God that kept him. Uh, Even when, you know, Saul went sideways, it was God that kept him sane uh, in the midst of it all. And and here he he, he, what happens is life can just become so overwhelming. We start to forget the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, uh, his track record in our lives. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now, the reason, again, David felt like giving up his praise and just walking away from the life of worship, the life of of, of getting into God's word, the life of study, the life of a spiritual community. He stopped focusing on the who and started started focusing on the what. And this is what all of us right now are being challenged with. Uh, what's going on and what is happening and and all the rest. And we began to forget the who in our lives. But uh, David says, he says, self, I need you not to forget all God's benefit. So take your mind right now. I know I know it's not easy, but in the midst of this thing, we got to get our minds off of just what's happening to us. Maybe what's happening to our mother what's happening to our father, our, our, our sibling, uh, our child, uh, maybe our neighbor. Uh, we got to get our minds past what's just happening to us and back on to the one who has an answer. For all these problems. And again, I know it me. Sometimes I get stuck on what and I have to remind myself of who, you know, they did this. They did that. Or or this is the situation. This is happening. This is what is going on. But who do I serve? Who do I look to? Bible says I look to the hills from which cometh my help. I'm looking to one who is greater than whatever. uh, What is in my life? He said, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And forget not all of his benefits. Then watch what he does and pay attention to what verse three says. He begins with who. So the answer to his uh, uh, challenge with, with praise and, 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 and his challenge he was having in his attitude was the, the answer was to him to, for him to re- discover the, the who in his life. So, uh, again, this is how David addressed his praise problem. He's like, who is like? Our Lord, who is great like like our God. So I I know you're struggling right now and and I know you you feel a certain way. I I know all that 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 seems to be uh, coming upon you, but I need you to remember who. So in the midst of my what worship is redirecting my focus on the who, who he who uh, I belong to, he who owns me, he he who uh, holds the the earth in the palm of of his hand. And I got to get my mind sometimes off what back onto the who. So what David does, he says, "Okay, self, I know you're struggling. I am mad at you. He said, I'm going to tell you what to do. Self, you need to bless the Lord. You need to remember God is good. You need not to forget what he's done for you and and what he will continue to do for you. But self, let me remind you of who the God is that we serve. He says, who forgives all your what? Iniquity. So Uh, David said, you know what? I I, I remember how God tackled my biggest problems and sin is our biggest problem. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, You know, according to scripture, all of us at, at some point get a big fat F when it comes to living. Um, and, and David recognized this and he's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go from the biggest to the smallest. My biggest problem between me and God was my sin. And guess what he did? He forgive or forgave all my sins who forgives all your iniquities. This is God who forgave us, who washed us and then moved in with us, which is amazing. Now, maybe you could forgive us, but then he moved into our hearts to live with us daily, to be at the center of our emotions, the center of of our feelings. And again, he was like, again, God, if you could, Handle this big problem, my sin problem. Everything else is small in comparison. Nothing is impossible for God. He said, he who forgives all our, our your iniquities. And then he says, who back to the who? Remember, he's having a problem. Uh, bless the Lord, oh my soul. His soul doesn't feel like blessing the Lord. You don't have to tell somebody to do something they already want to do or something they're already doing. So he had to tell his soul to bless the Lord. So he's in conflict right now. I don't know what the issue was, what the problem was, but he's telling himself, come on, self, get it right. Come on, get back in there. We can still worship the Lord. God is still good. But the way he deals with himself is reminding himself over and over again. He's about to do this five times of the who in his life or who is in his life, who his God is who forgives all uh, your iniquities. Then he says, who again heals all, not just the easy ones, but all your diseases. Now, could the Holy Spirit be clearer? This is written so clear that, that you're going to need an education to get confused. You're going to have to be trained. You're going to have to read books by scholars to get confused about what this verse is saying. He says he heals all, 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 all your disease. So I don't know about your God, but I know my God heals who redeems. Again, he's like self. I know you have a problem, but but. Get off the what back on the who. So he keeps saying who let's let's self look to the who I'm looking to the hills. From when it's coming, Who redeems this? The third who David that, that couldn't praise because he was stuck on the what, but he had to return to the who. So what I'm saying to you in the midst of, of, of what we're going through right now, in the midst of, of what we're facing and and, and all the stuff that that surrounds us, um, I, I, I know the what is horrible. But the who is faithful. And uh, what what I've learned to do is when I'm struggling, I, I start feeding my faith. I start focus on who he is, not what I can't do, what what others didn't do. But but Lord, you are faithful. You can keep me. You are the the who of my life. You are the great I am. You are the ever present one. So, Lord, I'm going to get my mind off what? on to who, and sometimes what, I mean, it surrounds you, it besets you, it's screaming at you, hollering at you, throwing darts at you, stabbing you and pricking you, and, and it's hard to, 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 to ignore the, the what. But I tell you what, when you get a big enough image of who, what begins to shrink. So this is what David's doing to encourage his soul to begin to worship the Lord, begin to commune with God for him to get his spiritual stride back. Uh, he, He starts focusing on who God is. I know what is happening. I know what is happening to those you love. We know what's happening around us. We even know what's happening to us. But. David, to deal with with this this, this stalemate on the inside, he began to refocus on the who. And my hope today is that as you listen to me uh, teach that you can get back to who. Yeah, I I know what, again, he or she did, but who who are they compared to him? I know what this disease is, but but what is that compared to him? I I know uh, the repercussions of what's happening in culture and society. But what is that compared to him? And that's the only thing that keeps me sane. That's the only thing that that, that keeps me drawing near to him is when I reflect on who he is instead of what is happening. And again. Whatever we make big in our life actually kind of becomes our God. So that's why the Bible says at some point magnify uh, the Lord. It says that throughout the Psalms because what happens is our problems loom large and God begins to shrink. So what we have to do is worship God and let him become magnified in our heart so our problems can Can shrink. That doesn't mean we don't have problems. That doesn't mean it's not painful. It doesn't mean you don't have a fever. It doesn't mean you you haven't you're not having a hard time breathing. What it means is that God is bigger than the situation that you're in, and He is faithful. And when we focus on Him, He will keep us, and somehow He'll He'll make uh, good come out of uh, even the worst things. It says, "Who redeems your life from destruction?" I I can't count the number of times I should have been. Dead. I have children, actually, that should not have been born uh, because of what was happening uh, in a car ride on the way to the hospital. We were supposed to flip off the road and we can't explain uh, why the car just just stopped short and, and how on earth uh, we, we all survived. Who redeems your life from destruction. There are things we know about, but there are also times we don't even know about. Uh, God has protected us. You know that car should not have stopped. Um, that that person that was coming across your pathway, God knew what was what that person was thinking, what was on their mind, what they planned to do, but it didn't happen. And the thing is, you know, we focus on the two or three times that God didn't do something the way we wanted God to do it, and we focus on that for the rest of our lives, and we miss the millions of times that God has protected us. God has kept us. We could have been born somewhere else. We we, we as bad as our life, you know, some of our lives may have been at certain moments. It certainly could have been worse. And uh, uh, he redeems your life from destruction. Then it continues. And it says who again, notice all the who's who, what, who uh, forgives, who, who heals, who redeems. Now he says, who, who crowns you. Our God's a forgiver. He's a healer. He is a protector. And if that's not enough, he goes on to crown us. He crowns you with his personal. This is not uh, something that he does through an angel or some intermediary. He crowns you with his personal loving kindness and tender mercies. Our relationship with God is deeply personal. In it, we find warmth. We find affection. We find tenderness that only God can give so on top of again the forgiveness that 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 could have been enough healing I mean he could have left us you know, and just 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 we we didn't have to be here today because that thing could have took us out, uh, but he didn 't let that happen. He redeems us from destruction, he keeps us from those moments uh, when the devil should have destroyed us but but somehow we 're still standing, but then on top of that again he's, he what crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies to be loved is important. To love someone else is even more important to, but, but to love someone who, who loves you is everything. And, and we love a God that loves us back deeply and intimately. And we got to get our minds off of just what's happening back onto who? And this is why sometimes the news can defeat us. This is why that constant hearing, you know, what's going wrong? People's opinions and perspectives can begin to defeat us because we get our minds on what instead of the great I am the who that keeps us and holds us in the palm of his hand. the Bible says he who sits who he who 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 sits high looks low. And we got to keep in mind our who if we're going to make it through these very painful and difficult times who satisfies your mouth god not only saves us from things he saves us unto things so yeah he saves us from destruction but he liberates us to a life of of blessing and and, and spiritual success who satisfies your mouth with what good things now you might be in a painful chapter in your story but this doesn't mean all, but actually all it means is your story's not over yet Uh, Because God's story never ends uh, in that painful, place. Just think about having a baby as painful as that is. It, it, it typically doesn't end there. It ends with new life and, and birth. Even death is just a step into a new chapter in our lives. And none of us should be afraid of dying. If this thing should take all of us out, bless God, we're just going to step out on the other side, look God face to face, and we're no longer going to be troubled by the devil, no longer troubled by the flesh, no more, uh, no longer attacked by the world. We're going to step into supernatural liberty and live and having a existence like never before. Immortal bodies, bodies that don't get sick, uh, bodies that won't hurt, uh, bodies that won't get cold, bodies that won't get uh, uh, too hot. I mean, we're going to step into an experience with God that is is unimaginable. Think about as wonderful as as life is right now. I mean, the sun rising, setting fresh air and, and all the rest. God created this. And if God could create this and, and we want to rise and and, and and sleep every day and get up again to go at it again, if he could create this, how much more could he do something even far greater when we are, are beyond the place of temptation and, and sin and, and all the rest? It's going to be glorious on the other side. We need not to to mourn like the world does. We need not to fret like the world does, because worst case, all that can happen to us is we go home to be with the lord who satisfies your mouth with what good things so uh what what he's saying here is that the pages in your life if the story of your life um uh, you know doesn't I record God's forgiveness and healing and, and his redemption and, and crowns you in and, and your crown. You're not yet at the end of the story. You're still in the middle. He's the alpha and the omega, though. Just keep walking through the middle till you get to the end. And in the end, this thing that God promised will speak and not lie. God is faithful. He will keep you. And uh again, it, it hurts in the middle. It's difficult in the middle. It's muddy in the middle. But all the pain tells us is it's not over yet. So if you're still hurting, it just means it's not over. Over yet. You know, in business, we say that a satisfied customer is the best business strategy. And God wants to reach this entire globe. God is no different. And he wants to to satisfy our mouths. Please understand what I'm saying. When I say satisfy our mouths or what the scripture says that what he's saying is he wants to give us stories to tell. You see, right now you might be in the middle of it. So you can't you, your mouth's not satisfied with the story you are him. So you might not even want to tell it. But by the time God's done, you will be satisfied with the story you have to tell. And, uh, you know, again, on Friday, it looked really bad. But on Sunday morning, uh, everything made sense. And right now you might be facing Friday, but Sunday morning is on its way. Who satisfies your mouth gives you good things to say, gives you good stories to tell. If you're still always complaining and, and always have bad things to say about what's happening in your life, what God's done in your life, he's obviously not through with your life um, because he satisfies our mouth with what good things so that, or well, the result of this testimony is going to be life uh, to to our marrow and our bones, as, as Proverbs says. But it says here, so that your youth is what? renew. So if you stick with God long enough, you will become satisfied with the story you have to tell. But you got to stick with him and you have to stick with him through moments like these. So, you know, don't judge me based on, on a chapter of my life that you entered in uh, because it, God's not done yet. And uh, he, he's not finished. So don't judge God based on the chapter of life that you're currently in because it's not over yet. He's the Alpha and the Omega in the middle. It gets tricky in the middle. While uh, Moses was crossing over to the other side of the Red Sea with all the children of Israel, uh, the chariots followed behind them. It was sticky in the middle. But when they got to the other side, guess what? The sea closed up and the chariots, uh, were, they were all drowned. And Pharaoh and his army were drowned in the Red Sea in the middle. They got stuck sticky. But when they got to the end of that thing, uh, they looked back and they saw the devil defeated and, and they had a story to tell. Today, we're still talking about uh, that story all because they, they, they follow God and pursue God all the way to the other side, to the end of the thing. Again, if you're in pain, I'm not saying deny the pain. I'm saying get to the other side of it. I'm saying hang in there, because God still has a story to tell, and He will satisfy your mouth. You will be able to tell this story in a way that it brings you great joy, it brings you great pleasure you will be completely satisfied by the way God ends your story, so that your renew your youth is renewed like uh, the eagle's uh, eagle what, what do we know about eagle? He flies effortlessly uh, a, a, a Ego seems to, to, to just fly tirelessly. He's not flapping. He's just kind of, uh, getting it done or she's just getting it done. So, so when, when, when we let God write our story, He'll make sure that 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 we stay fresh, we stay relevant, that we stay current and there'll just be a freshness about us uh, b- because we, we've hung in there and we stuck with him. And we have some stories to tell. And basically what David's saying, when I look back over my life and think about all the, the Lord's done for me, you know, I, I can't help but, but sing. Hallelujah. And, and this is the, the reality. He will satisfy your mouth with good things and, and just hang in there. Just get let, let's all get to the other side of this thing together. And then we'll tell stories to our children and grandchildren. And, and yeah, there'll be stories of pain. But in the midst of the pain, God was faithful. God kept us. And and, and we just God taught us to persevere. God taught us to, to hold on and, and to, to hang in there. And then he goes on. Finally, after, uh, you know, saying who actually posing almost a question, you know, who is it that did such, such and so? Uh, finally, he calls God by name. In verse six, he says, "The Lord Yahweh." Or the Lord, literally, it's, it's Jehovah. We say Jehovah in English, and I, I like Jehovah over Yahweh, to be frank with you. Some, some say Yahweh, Yahweh, it really doesn't matter. Uh, you know, uh, we, we all have our twangs, if you will. Uh, even Jesus, by the way, we call on that great name. You know, there are no J's in the uh, Hebrew alphabet. So is Yeshua. Uh, but Jesus, God understands our twang, so it's okay to call him Jehovah. So, So Jehovah executes righteousness. So, you know, when it comes to social justice and and all the rest, we do serve a God who cares. There is a name we can call on. The Lord executes righteousness and what justice and what justice for all who are oppressed. So God is on the side. According to Scripture, he's on the side of the oppressed. And you can subjugate others if you if you want to just know that there's a God that that one day is going to balance all the scales. And uh, uh, that's just true. Verse seven. He made known his ways to Moses. Now notice the pattern David used when praise got difficult for him. He refocused on the, on the who. But then he remembered what God had done in the past. And since God never changes, um, what he's done is in the past, a great indication of what he's going to do. Know the past. You can predict the future. This, this is just the reality. There's nothing new under the sun. He's the same God. And it might look a little bit different in, in our generation. Some of the details, some of the names may change, but he's the same God. And he's going to get the, the, the same praise, the same glory. He has, still has the same power. He is not weakened over the last 2000 years or 1500 years or, or 5000 years. He's the same guy with the same amount of power and he'll do the same stuff for those who will trust him and, and hang in there and hold on to him and his acts to the children. Of of Israel, and this is, by the way, why God left a written history. This is why our Bible is so important. Um, you know, throughout the book, we see that there wasn't a problem God couldn't solve. That there wasn't a case He ever lost. God is faithful, and uh, He He left us a written record of who He is and the things He does, so that we can expect that same God to show up in our lives today. So David is reminding himself. Of the past, here, he's, you know, I, I know who my God is. I know uh, the things he does. Here are his benefits. And, and let me tell you a little bit about his track record here. And he's talking to himself. He's not even talking to a crowd. He's not preaching to anybody but himself. And I've learned sometimes I have to talk to myself. Self, come on, get yourself in check. Self, come on, you know there's a God. Self, I know what you feel, but God is faithful. Self, I, I, I get it. I understand. But God uh, will, will keep you. He who has called you is faithful. In verse 8. He says, the Lord again, Jehovah. So he continues to focus on the attributes of God instead of the attributes of his problem. The problem is real. What we're facing is real. Frankly, it can be deadly. But notice his, his, his focus is on his God and whatever you focus on begins to expand. That's just the truth. And, uh, you know, when I start focusing on God, it's amazing how that begins to expand on the inside. But when I focus on my problem, it's amazing how that begins to expand on the inside. I'm not really saying ignore or pretend it's not so. I'm saying refocus. I'm saying put your focus on the bigger, the stronger, the one that can handle, and the thing that is uh, can, can, can start to lose its teeth and its fangs and, and, and all the fear that it's trying to bring to your life.
1: This has been a special edition of the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We pray that you join us tomorrow as we continue this teaching. Our prayer is that this teaching from God's Word strengthens and inspires you to live a life bigger than yourself. So remember, you can access this message and much more for free at gracechurchva.org. And we also invite you to join the Grace Church family for service online by connecting on our website or on YouTube at TV. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember, you have what it takes to live big.